millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. My least favorite things about the Jonah Goldberg podcast mm-hmm. is, and he can't he can't stop doing this. And I, on on the air a couple of times I've kind of done, but I've tried to since really I've been noticing hosts do this even since I got into radio twenty years ago. Yep. Don't tell people how tired you are, and don't tell people how sick you are. Now, like there have been times when you like and I, we've spent the last month doing. <laughs> there have been times when, like, when your voice is shot and like we're hacking into the microphones, where you, it's good to like at least do the, you know, the uh, respectful thing and say we don't mean to do this. this is nothing personal, <laughs> but we're dying here. That's one thing. Uh, but like, I, I, yeah, the morning guy when I used to work at RK I used to always complain. It's like, oh, I hardly got any sleep, and then I've been like battling a cold. And Jonah Gold- Goldberg's always tired. Always tired to have it had coffee yet. And it's like, okay. Everyone's always tired. It's like, like okay, so you've told us now why the show's going to suck. So, um, and I'd say it to Jonah's face too. I wouldn't, obviously. Well, maybe I would. <laughs> um, but, Jonah, I have a couple of critiques of how you run your podcast, but I want to say something mm-hmm. that um, when I say I want to say something, I was talking to them. Oh, Just, you know, to Jonah? No, 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 to, to the people listening. Okay, sorry. <laughs> no, I appreciate the positive reinforcement. Uh-huh. I do. I wanna... like to let you know that I'm here and I'm engaged in what you're saying because I know that having been sick myself recently, I have not always been a hundred percent engaged in everything you've said, and I apologize for that. Thank you. We were so effing sick yesterday. In the in the, for the past few days, we've had kids throwing up everywhere. There's puke everywhere. <laughs> Everything's destroyed. And then finally, yesterday, we woke up bright and early, and we were fine, and we went back to sleep yesterday morning and we woke up effing dead this has been like all organs hurt all muscles hurt my my knees hurt it, it felt like every everything it, it was yeah. like never miserable. have four kids vomiting in your house at once including some who are like really bad at making it to the bathroom on it time because it's like yeah, everything the, the, in our house is now destroyed it's, it's like so not. it was so sad we didn't knock out a total saturday for us and i know that you've everybody's been there and this year it's hitting a lot of people but man we had we had it on the dock to be a productive day yesterday and we were 
effed. Oh, that was terrible. And that, mm-hmm. today, now we feel reborn. Like, this is yeah. incredible that you can, like, eat something and, and keep actually, it down. And actually, it came at the tail end of us being sick with, like, cold bronchitis yeah. coughing type of sickness where we were feeling like finally we're on the recovery from these months of illness and then this other like stomach bug type thing hit our household in a way that just like totally derailed everything yeah but it, now now we're finally now oh, the shaddix are back now <laughs> it was so nobody it, drinks it yeah and, and you guys know how it is I mean, all you can do is lie there and then you get you walk you look at so much twitter that you that makes you feel sick and like just even though I had a heavy likes weekend, Alice. I mean, come on now. Come You've on. You've been very busy Notifications. on Twitter. And tell people what a great husband I am. Since my <laughs> wife is a, since Alice is a Twitter, a Twitter addict, guess what I let you do? <laughs> you let me, when your notification button says 20 plus on it, you let me hit it so I can see? see all the little so notifications you can get the high pop up. Because you know it brings me like dopamine hits everywhere. All right, so <sighs> I guess we will start at the um, we'll start at the border, which we didn't tease, but we'll but we'll start at the border because of some crazy funny stuff has been happening. So the media has been doing everything it could to say that the border problem is now on Trump, 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 Trump. They were, and the Republicans mm-hmm. and Trump made them reject the very bipartisan border deal, without which Biden really can't do anything about the border. It's right, impossible but, but, to do anything about the border unless Congress does something because there's nothing Biden can do about it. Right, right. And there's no doubt that Republicans did step off the border deal. Because the border deal sucked. Because the border deal did suck, no doubt. But a lot of them want to sign a border deal. You know? Yeah, but it's not always true that something is better than nothing. Mike Johnson should just start drinking in public now. <laughs> he's got so many Does guns. He even to, drink at all? He's got so many guns to his head that I can't imagine <laughs> like being him. He cannot win for losing or win lose for winning or whatever it is. Um Okay, so on the board, here's uh, Karine Jean-Pierre. Is this a good place to start, Alice? Sure, let's go. Uh, what the president is, 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 is wants to do and what you will hear uh, during the State of the Union is that he'll lay out his historic achievements over the past three <laughs> years and what he's been able to do uh, on behalf of the American people. You'll hear him talk about how he is on the side of the American people. That's important. The president has done more in three years in this administration than most president has done in two terms. I mean, that is what we've seen. Oh, she's not a good seller of it. She also can't speak than most president has done in two terms. Like, yes. she just can't, like, get words out in a way that makes sense in the English language, but that's fine. Right. And Which is a generally a quality you want in a press secretary, but I right. guess in this case, because she's a black lesbian, that accounts for, that makes up yeah. for everything. So, anyway, um, but, yeah, so... The Biden administration is now touting this line, Biden has done more in three years than most presidents have done in two terms, right? Which is, that's an argument to make. Right. He has done a bunch of stuff to right. the country. Right. No, Most yeah, of it not great. Yes, it's, it's, <laughs> it's what the opposition's also doing the message. But, I mean, and I, like we've talked about this before and I tweeted this again today, like their campaign slogan is finish the job. <laughs> Which is like, <laughs> we've almost destroyed America, guys. Time to finish the job. Like, well, and I've got what are we doing? And I've got people- I just don't. That's an insane campaign. When your administration is going right. like this, well, to say that your promise for the next four years is to finish the job, like no, that doesn't. In, in getting back to the border, everybody has seen this frame by frame, right? Frame by frame. 
he did this on day one. If you look at the executive orders, mm-hmm. on day one, he opened the floodgates. Oh, yeah. J.D. Vance has been out there. One, he was telling people to surge the border. Right. This guy has been... He has been a disaster on this. And suddenly they assumed that the compliant media would not be sending resources down to the border. But now since it's hurting blue states and big blue markets, yes, they are. They're sending people down to the border. And um, and, and do- trying to blame Trump and trying to blame Republicans. And Congress, no, no, even though this the is the media. policy. But this is the policy that the Biden administration chose. Oh, yeah. So no, absolutely. They happily chose and spiked the football in the first few months. Right. Well, everything was so much better. Anyway, um, Mayorkas was on today with um, Margaret Brennan, and she at one point didn't want to, but she got a hold of him. A 22-year-old nursing student, I know you've been following this, uh, Lake and Riley in the state of Georgia was murdered allegedly uh, by an undocumented Venezuelan migrant. The suspect had been detained by Porter Patrol upon crossing, released with temporary permission to stay in the country. He then went on allegedly to commit crimes uh, twice, once in New York for driving a scooter without a license and once in connection with a shoplifting case in Georgia. Did those states and their law enforcement communicate to the federal government that this had happened? Should this man have been deported? Um, A few thoughts. First, Margaret, first and foremost, an absolute tragedy. And our hearts break for and our prayers are with the family. Number one. Thoughts and prayers. It's not enough. One. Number two. And importantly, as a prosecutor, having prosecuted violent crime and other crimes for 12 years, one individual is responsible for the murder, mm-hmm. and that is the murderer. And we work very closely with state and local law enforcement to ensure that individuals who pose a threat to public safety are indeed our highest priority for detention and removal. But are you saying there that the federal government had been informed about this individual and the alleged crimes he had committed in those states because he could have been deported if that was the case. Was there a breakdown in the system? So, um, Margaret, uh, there are a number of cities around the country uh, that um, have varying degrees of cooperation with the immigration authorities. We firmly believe that if... it did not? We firmly believe that if a city is aware of an individual who poses a threat to public safety, then we would request that they provide us with that information so that we can ensure that that individual is detained if the facts so warrant. It's a mighty flaccid and generic um, crafted uh, answer to a heart-tugging question. Should this 22-year-old woman who is about to begin her life helping people and being doing the right thing should she have been viciously freaking slaughtered by this pos and to craft an answer that's a minute and 30 seconds long of there are systems and that we want we should be working cooperatively and he's got his hands folded no 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 there's well, a saying bleed an- with me this is a time to bleed mm-hmm. with her and it's also an answer that by the way throws all the allies of the biden administration under the bus because that's an answer that throws everybody who does like the sanctuary city crap under the bus, right? It throws the judge. Mm-hmm. Do you remember the Massachusetts judge who yeah. like let the guy escape out of the back of the courtroom yes. rather than report him to federal immigration? This is like all these states and cities that don't want to cooperate with federal law enforcement because that's essentially what he's saying is he's saying we would have deported him. Not that we know that that's true, but he's throwing it back on the states and cities like the state of New York that are saying like, 
you know, we're not going to cooperate with federal law enforcement to report people who are here illegally to immigration. Right. We're not going to tell immigration when the people that they've released into the general population commit horrific crimes. Right. Right. And so it's really an answer that set, that puts the Biden administration in opposition to everybody that's ever voted to have a sanctuary city well, or yeah. a state or whatever. Out of nowhere. Out of nowhere because it's an election year and he's polling terribly and it's a number one issue right now. Right. So in desperation just breeds desperation. If the whole thing, the, the whole spectacle of the thing just looks pathetic um, and it looks like they're panicking. And of course they're panicking and Mayorkas himself is just a, a, a kind of a spineless messenger. He's never been great. He's never been great. I mean, also, by the way, how did the border work before we had a Department of Homeland Security? Hmm. Like, who was in charge of the border before? Because the the Department of Homeland Security only dates back to, like, 9-11, right? Then yeah. we made there be a Department of Homeland Security. So did, like, nobody run the border before that? Like, why is it on Mallorca's? I think it was INS, Immigration Nationalization Services. I think that was it back then. But there was, like, ICE, too, for a while, too. And, like... Yeah, there still is ICE. Even though they... But why... Uh, this is what I don't understand. I don't understand why so much of this, and I, this just speaks to the whole thing of Congress outsourcing policy to these faceless agencies that the right. president runs. And this is why Biden does actually have power to control the immigration system is because he's in charge of the executive branch and all these agencies have been tasked with this that are completely unaccountable to the public. Right? So... But it, but like we didn't. We, correct me if I'm wrong, but like somehow there was not this amount of illegal immigration prior to 2001. Uh, that is correct. So how is it that we now have an agency that's like actually in charge of this, and there's more people illegally coming here than ever? Well, because the guy at the top is at the behest of, and that's Mayorkas of the um, president, who's at the behest of progressives. Anyway, I'm ready to uh, and, axe and, the whole and, department, which, by the way, is one of the biggest executive branch sure. departments. Well, no, do, no doubt. And so when you've got somebody who's impotent at the top of this umbrella agency, mm -hmm. who's afraid to do anything, well, and you've got a problem. It's no better illustrated than a couple of years ago when the Haitians were coming through and Joe Biden accused the Haitians of uh, whipping of the Border Patrol of whipping the, the Haitians. Haitians. right. And they made up a term in the White House, strapping. They were strapping them because they weren't whipping at all, but they were holding straps. But nobody was being strapped either, et cetera. Mayorkas on the ground said, yeah, I've looked at it. Nobody was being whipped whatsoever. He gets in the plane. The communication shop talks to him and tells him what he's going to do. And, of course, he's a total pussy. So once he lands, this is Peter Ducey, uh putting it to him. Just to go back, please, uh, to the images of these mounted border patrol officers. You said on Saturday, or rather uh, on the 20th, to ensure control of the horse, long reins are used. The person who took these photos of the border patrol agents says, I've never seen them whip anyone. So why is the president out there today talking about people being strapped? So, so let me, let me, um, uh, let me correct uh, uh, the statements in your question, if I may. It was on Friday. No, no, if, if, if I may. Um, uh, it was on Friday when I was, um, actually it was on Monday, I believe, um, when I was in Del Rio uh, on the ground. 
uh, and I made the statements uh, without having seen the images. I saw the images on the flight back, and I made the statement that I did with respect to what those images suggested. Um, uh, there, the horses have long reins, and uh, the image in the photograph uh, that we all saw that horrified the nation raised serious questions oh, about really? that what, let me finish uh, about what occurred and of, as i stated quite clearly it conjured up images of what has occurred in the past let me let me finish let me uh, there's finish. also a question of how one in, in uses the specifically horse one uses the and horse. how one interacts with individuals with the horse what a piece of this guy is but but the funny thing is is that um He's conjuring up images because right. those people have his ear. Those people have Biden's ear. Susan Rice, Anita Dunn, all the other wackos, uh, progressive wackos, are saying, you know, imagery is everything with his people. Right. And, uh, and there is a question of how one uses the horse. Well, one is using the horse to make sure the Haitians get back on land so that one doesn't drown. And so I'm going to let the investigation run its course. I'm not going to interfere with that investigation. The facts will be determined by the investigators, and then the results will be driven by the facts that are determined. And just to follow up, please, uh, before the facts are in, is it helpful to your investigation for the President of the United States to use inflammatory language like people being strapped? Uh, let me just be very clear and um, repeat what I've said. I am not concerned with respect to the integrity of the investigation. We know how to conduct an investigation with integrity. I served as 12 years as a yeah, whatever. There's a moment when uh, when Biden did the thing that one of the first things that should have gotten him impeached. Mr. President, you said on the campaign trail that you were going to restore the moral standing of the U.S., that you were going to immediately. This is the the, uh, the uh, press feeds him, of course, their own um, uh, um, hysteria. And Trump's assault on the dignity of immigrant communities. Given what we saw at the border this week, have you failed in that promise? And this is happening under your watch. Do you take responsibility for the chaos that's unfolding? Of course I take responsibility. I'm president, but it was horrible what to see, as you saw. To see people treated like they did, horses barely running them over, people being strapped, it's outrageous. I promise you those people This guy should be in effing handcuffs. Pay. They so will be will an investigation underway now, and there will be consequences. There will be consequences. For people who did nothing wrong, embarrass Who did everything right. Right. But it's beyond an embarrassment. It's dangerous. It's wrong. It sends the wrong message around the world. It sends the wrong message at home. It's simply not who we are. And it's reasons like that that this POS has crappy poll numbers and people think he's out of it. Yeah. So, so um, let's get into his poll on. numbers. One, but, so, one, second, one second. Okay. I just want to finish out the border thing. Um, and the, the media, once again, has been trying to, on PBS, Jonathan Capehart, who's not a big brain guy, he's been... He and another guy there were trying to just use David Brooks to solidify this new narrative that the border is all the Republicans' fault, and Brooks didn't really go there with him. And, and, and part of what Jonathan just described was on full display at the border yesterday. President Biden invited President Trump to call on Republicans to support this bipartisan uh, border deal. 
And then former President Trump accused Joe Biden of having a, what he called a Joe Biden invasion. That's the way he referred to the migrant crisis. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's fairly clear uh, how they're trying to, to play at the politics here. Well, it's obviously Trump's strongest point. I mean, only 28% of Americans support Joe Biden's immigration policy. They prefer Trump's policy over Biden's policy by like infinite percent. <laughs> and so Trump has the country on his side when it comes to this border. And the, the simple fact is the Democrats have been sort of out of touch on this issue. Uh, in 2016, you had a large numbers of candidates in a Democratic primary raise their hand and say they were for decriminalizing the border. That was, compared to where America is, that's far off. Second, the Biden policies just haven't worked. Uh, this, our asylum system was created after World War II to help those with extreme persecution. That was a long time ago. Right now, there are like 40 million people in the world who are facing that kind of persecution. We can't take all those people. And we can't have a policy that prioritizes uh, the people who are breaking the law rather than people who are applying through the asylum system according to law. So to me, the issue right now is not necessarily immigration. It's chaos. Uh, and so Biden has to do the thing which I think the British have done, which is to say, we're going to stop the asylum process until we can digest all the people who have already in the system. And that will at least try to impose some order, because if there's just chaos, it's going to be just bad news for Biden. For Biden, right. So, um, so yeah, I mean, it's obviously, you can blame a lot of stuff on Republicans, but open borders is not it. There's no Democrat who's elected in serving nationally, except for maybe those right on the border, whose platform includes secure borders. Well, right. And and I think that it's one of those things where like people know it because we lived through it. Like we saw the Obama border crisis with the unaccompanied minors in like 2014, where there were all the pictures of them with the baked potato blankets, the one that they kept like pushing during the Trump administration, like he caused that. But then the crisis went away during the Trump administration. Right. It stopped happening. Now, there were still caravans, etc. Right, but, but there, there was the Remain in, in Mexico policy, there was Title 42, yes, there were tweaked. other things that stopped people from entering the country in such great numbers. And then, like, the Biden administration happened and it went to complete chaos again. And people know that that's because of his policies, because that's what he said he was going to do. It is what he did when he came into office and did these um, executive orders. J.D. Vance has been all over TV talking about the 90 different executive orders that affected the border policy, things that Biden could do something about without congressional approval that he has refused to do. And like, I mean, I mean, people just were here for that. Right. Like, so I think people know who the tough on the border person is and who the not tough on the border person is. Right. Like, I think it's just something people know. But um, I do want to, like, end this border conversation before we get into the poll numbers and what the current Democrat freak out about poll numbers. But with the Trump, uh, Trump visited the border also recently. And he's just the funniest guy alive. Like, I can't. Yeah. They're looking across the river. There's a bunch of people crossing. Or they're standing there and waving at Trump. They're saying his name now. They, these, um, they, they like Trump. Can you believe it? They like <laughs> which is great. Which is fantastic. It also just shows, by the way, and that's why people who love him love him. His absolute disregard for anybody's sensibilities. Right. If you're a big border hawk, you don't want him. Waving to them? Yeah, he's like putting his fist in the air yeah. for the people at the border. Yeah, guys, Trump, let's go. But like, yeah, what? he doesn't, he absolutely, there is not a formality that he gives a flying F about. And, and Oh yeah, he'd let all the people in the world into America if they say they love Trump. 
Uh, probably. (laughs) Which, like, I think a lot of Trump voters would be okay with, too. But just that moment. And this is why, like, he's sort of inscrutable politically and why people can't figure him out and can't pin him down and don't understand why people like him. He's just genuinely funny. That's a funny thing to do. Of course it is. <laughs> I mean, like, what? That's totally <laughs> like the lizard brain. Oh, so I'm giving positive feedback from somebody over there. Hey. Yeah, Trump. Like, it's an insane And I'm also not do. surprised that they like him. Yeah. These are, you know, young men who are, are attracted to the idea of strength and America. And who stands for America more than Donald Trump? Oh, yeah. No, he does. As far and, as like, the, the people icon. crossing the border. I mean, like, you talk about stuff that's happening, like, in Florida with Cubans, and that's been a, a topic for a while. But you talk about, you know, Ron DeSantis winning Miami-Dade County. That's been a stronghold for Democrats for as long as anybody can remember. Trump's probably... I mean, Florida's probably not even going to be in play for Democrats in 2024, to be honest with you. It's, and it's... You, like, obviously, Ron DeSantis should not be... Um, demeaned for his accomplishments in Florida and making Florida red, but uh, like people, people of uh, Hispanic descent in Florida love Trump. Yeah, of course. Um, so that shouldn't be underestimated when we're going into 2024. And the latest poll, which is a New York Times Siena poll, which this is really bad for Democrats because they had been with all these different polls coming out. Uh, the was it a CNN Maris poll or I forget the other ones the that Harvard, had been coming Harvard, out. Ipsos. Right. There had been ones coming out that were like really bad for Biden and all these Democrats were like, these polls are ridiculous. They're no good. I'm waiting for the New York Times Siena poll. They're the serious people. So and the New York Times Siena poll does tend to lean more Democrat than maybe some other polls. So their poll sample that they targeted in this poll was um, they had a sample that. voted for Trump last time and 45% voted for Biden last time. So this was like a Trump, uh, Biden, sorry, plus 10 sample of people, you know, and then some people who didn't vote and some people who didn't remember or whatever, you know, so, so they're, they were doing this. um, And this is the New York Times article about this. President Biden is struggling to overcome doubts about his leadership inside his own party and broad dissatisfaction over the nation's direction, leaving him trailing behind Donald J. Trump just as the general election contest is about to begin. With eight months left until the November election, Biden's 43% support lags behind Trump's 48% support in the National Survey of Registered Voters. Only one in four voters believe the country is moving in the right direction. More than twice as many voters believe Biden's policies have personally hurt them as believe his policies have personally helped them. And the share of voters who strongly disapprove of Biden's handling of his job has reached 47 percent higher than in Time Siena polls at any point in his presidency. You know, they don't have an idea that's catching. Not Bidenomics. Uh, nothing's Build Back Better. Not Inflation Reduction Act. They don't have an idea that's catching. They, they right. have no, the communication shop has nothing. They can't come up right. with anything whatsoever. The best they can do, I mean, to, for for the Republicans to flinch and then not pass something was was really uh, amateur hour for the new regime, for the Republicans. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't matter. The people hate this guy to the point where I don't think they can stop the drag. It's he, pretty the word bad. Biden is, the fact that you've had to, 
that there are parts of the culture that are based on entire crowds saying, F Joe Biden, let's go Brandon, is now a wink-wink in the culture mm -hmm. for what we know. But listen to this. Trump is winning 97% of those who say they voted for him in 2020. And none of his past supporters say they are casting a ballot for Biden. By contrast, Biden is winning 83% of his 2020 voters with 10%. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Saying they now back Donald Trump. That's amazing. That is no good given how close 2020 amazing. was and how close it was in very particular states. And now listen to some of these people that they interviewed. It's going to be a very tough decision. I'm seriously thinking about not voting, said Mamta Misra, a 57, a Democrat and economics professor in Lafayette, Louisiana, who voted for Biden in 2020. Trump voters are going to come out no matter what. For Democrats, it's going to be bad. I don't know why they're not thinking of someone else. Trump's five-point lead in the survey is larger than the last time Siena National Poll of registered voters in December. Among the likely electorate, Trump currently leads by four percentage points. In last year's survey, Trump led by two points among registered voters and Biden by two points among the likely electorate. One of the more ominous findings for Mr. Biden in the new poll is the historical edge Democrats have had with working class voters of color who did not attend college. Mr. Biden won 72% of those voters in 2020. So this is voters of color, no college. 72% of those voters in 2020 providing him with a 50-point edge over Mr. Trump. Today, the New York Times-Siena poll shows Mr. Biden winning those voters who, not my voters, no college, 47% to 41%. So he went from 72 to 47. That's amazing. That's bad. An excitement gap between the two parties shows only 23% of Democratic primary voters are enthusiastic about Mr. Biden, half that who are enthusiastic about Trump, etc. Both Trump and Biden are unpopular. Trump had a, a favorable rating of 44%, but Biden is at 38%. Um, yeah, the people who disapprove of both, uh, Biden leads Trump 45 to 33, but that's not enough. Um, but so that's their attempt to like try and find some positive news. They say for now, the unhappiness with the state of the country is plainly a drag on Biden's prospects. Two thirds of the country feels the nation is headed in the wrong direction. And Trump is winning 63 percent of those voters. Twenty four percent of voters feel the country is on the right track. Uh, but that figure is an improvement from the inflationary days of summer of 2022 when 13 percent of the country was on the right track. Now, listen to this. If we get Trump for another four years, we get better on economics, said Oscar Rivera, a 39-year-old independent voter who owns a roofing business in Rochester, New York. Uh, 
Mr. Trump's policies were generally viewed far more favorably by voters than Mr. Biden's. 40% of voters said Trump's policies helped them personally, compared with only 18% of Mr. Biden's. 12% of independent voters, like Mr. Rivera, said Biden's policies had personally helped them, compared to 43% who said his policies had hurt them. That's freaking... If 43% of independent voters think Biden policies literally have hurt them in their lives, that's not good. Mr. Rivera, who is Puerto Rican, said he doesn't like the way Mr. Trump talks about immigration in the southern border, but is planning to vote for him anyway. Biden, I don't know, Mr. Rivera said. It looks like we're weak. America's Mm. weak. We need someone stronger. Overall, Biden and Trump were dead even among independent voters, drawing 42% each. But over and over, the Times-Siena poll revealed how Trump had cut into more traditional Democratic constituencies while holding his ground among Republican groups. Women are equally split, who strongly favored Biden four years ago. Men give Trump a nine-point edge. Trump edges out Biden among Latino voters, and Biden's share of the black vote is shrinking, too. He's down to 66% of the black vote, when traditionally Democrats have won 90-plus percent of the black vote. So anyway, I mean, you can go on into this, but this is not good news for Biden. No. No, it's it's remarkable. Um, It seems like... I don't know. I mean, obviously, the question, I guess, is, are there enough human beings to vote for Trump? Even the ones who hate Biden, who may... Are there enough human beings? Does he have enough? Are there enough human beings? And of course, you have to overcome any like weird ballot nonsense that Democrats tend to do, have been doing for 60 years. Like, it's not a shock. They're going to do it. They're going to do it again this year. Right. But... You definitely get the sense that we are in a different environment today in 2024 than we were in 2020. Uh, and uh, I think, yes. And I think that obviously you have a lot of people who talk about all the Trump endorsed candidates and stuff losing in 2022. And that's certainly true. Um, you know, Carrie Lake and Dr. Oz and all these people. And I was not a fan of how Trump handled a lot of that stuff. That being said, Trump endorsed candidates are not the same thing as Trump. Of course. And in my experience, like what I've seen, I don't think that um, that voters care that much who people endorse. I think they're voting for the literal candidates who are in front of them and not so much for the people endorsing them. Oh, totally, totally. I mean, you see that even like in Massachusetts, you have like Charlie Baker, somebody with like 75 percent approval ratings who people love, who got hugely reelected, who could be reelected right now if he ran. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. Charlie Baker is so popular in Massachusetts. Nothing he ever endorsed, like no candidate or policy or ballot question or whatever. Like it didn't matter. Nobody ever voted for any of the stuff he said. He was a singular exception. They just voted for him because they felt like he was safe. And like he'd occasionally (laughs) cry and his brother was gay. (laughs) Um, I do want to get to some of the Brookfield, Connecticut stuff before we go to the chat chat. Can here. I really quick address one question sure. in here? And I, it, it, Mark asks and Phil wants to know also about the Republican State Committee stuff. Um, there is, once again, as there was at the time when I ran for Republican State Committee, a big battle over the Republican State Committee, which is just it's the thing in Massachusetts, the body, the governing body of the Massachusetts GOP. 
this fight is, uh, I'll sum it up briefly. I'll see if I can track somebody down to maybe do a deeper dive on this at some point. I, this vote is on Tuesday, so there's limited time. But I'll see if I can find somebody who's been following it more closely to maybe talk to in the next couple days offline off of the burn barrel um, if I can. Because Tom does not have the patience for this stuff. No. But um, basically this boils down to a fight between the Jeff Deal wing of the party and the Howie Carr wing of the party. The irony being that when I ran for state committee, I was in the wing of the party that was endorsed by Charlie Baker and that Howie Carr was against, which is now the opposite. Now he's the establishment guy. Right. Now he's pro-establishment and like the Jim Lyons, Jeff DL people are like mad at him and calling him Benedict Arnold. So, I mean, I, I guess th that's probably my sum up. If you look at the list of people that Howie Carr is endorsing, that's mm -hmm. like the establishment Chris Doty wing of the party. And if you look at the wing of the the people who Jeff Deal is endorsing, that's like the who's Jim mine? Lyons. Who's my blonde? I think I have to look it up. I'm not 100% sure, but I think that's more the Jeff Deal candidate. I have to double check. I I don't remember. There's another chick running on the other. Well, because Massachusetts is like this, it's a state committee man and a state committee woman for each district. And these are the people who run the mass GOP. So that's it for inside baseball, Massachusetts politics for now. I mean, like if I can find somebody to do a little extra supplemental thing, whether it's on the 1570 project or on this feed, I'll try and do what I can to get more into the details of that. But that's what it boils down to is this is a, Jeff Deal versus Howie Carr slate right. of candidates. Yeah. So I'm going to just go to the Brookfield, Connecticut thing for a second. Okay. Um, because we've unearthed this stuff, or I've unearthed a lot of this stuff. Um, the Brookfield, Connecticut, remember, this is the place that had the tampon dispensary thing. Mm -hmm. And some kid tore it down who's now gotten a hat sent to him by Donald Trump. Um <laughs> And then the the principal, Mark Belanda, went on a tirade, sending out these emails to the townspeople, et cetera, saying this is terrible. And Mark you know, Belanda, he him, he him, exactly, <laughs> right. And so this book that's that they're trying to uh, show is called Fun Home. It includes some images. One that I'm looking here uh, at. I never distributed so much porn on online. <laughs> it shows a woman spread eagle being orally pleasured by another woman, a girl, sorry, high school or whatever, teen, whatever they are. So there's another picture. And I love the people in your comments being like, why do you have that saved on your phone? Tom? Like, right. this is the stuff that they're trying to put in the high school. Like, what right. are you, what's your problem it, it with includes, it? It's great. So this is some of the images it shows. You can see this thing, and it's straight up porn. It's fine. And so Mark Blanda, the principal, is asked about this. Consider it. We looked at every single one. 100%. We looked at every single one and deemed it appropriate. Anything that's in here, the committee talked about, reviewed, and made the decision. The images, too. So you deemed that the images were appropriate? Yes. Okay. Um, all of them? I'm sorry. All of the images were appropriate? You guys deemed? So we look at a book in context. Right. We don't look at a... Because it was all of them. <laughs> all, it was all of them? Yes. The one with the spread eagle? That was all of them? We look at a book as, as a whole book, in not just in... We don't take one picture out. We look at the entire thing. We re the, review the whole thing, and absolutely the committee... Is she any less naked getting orally pleasured if you read the whole thing? Uh, no. Right. She, it's still... There's the graphic, a lot of context, though. The graphic thing is happening. The context, let me tell you, 13-year-old boys are not moving off this image. No, you're reading the whole context yes. with that certainly the abusive home. Absolutely and... believe that it's appropriate. 
pictures and the images along with, but it's a really dangerous thing to say, look at one picture and say this picture is inappropriate. You have to look at the whole context of the book as well. Now, a few of we these people from this uh, Board of Ed told us how dangerous it was. Mm. Here's another lady, uh, Haja Marilou. To look at, that is a given. However, if Bechdel's work is deemed unacceptable in a high school library, how do we respond to passages in great works of literature that are far more graphic in nature, that paint pictures with words, not just sexuals, sexual of sexual intimacy, but also images of casualties of war, victims of rape, the brutal treatment of slaves and other minorities, and on and on. There's so many thick pillars of reasoning why we have to see the naked people, underage people having sex. Right. Where in genderqueer, you have to see uh, a man essentially taking care of a boy. Like, there's so many reasons why we have to see these pictures. Mm -hmm. and including this one where apparently we have to uh, get rid of um, a bridge to Terabithia or something if we get rid of this one. Yeah, you have to get rid of all the classics because bad things could happen in them. You can't read, you know, Frederick Douglass because, you know, it'll show the bad treatment of slaves. But in context, there's no way to tell the difference. There's no way to tell the difference, which for one thing, this to me is a symptom of the fact that the schools are relying more on comic books and less on books without pictures because the students are dumber. Among other problems, like you'll notice that many of these books that get challenged and cause a problem are comic book versions on serious topics, right? Like there's this one and um, the other one you mentioned, Just uh, for Gender a second. Queer, I want is also a comic book. Um, one of the ones that got challenged, it's actually a fantastic book, um, Mouse. Yes. M-A-U-S. Mm -hmm. That's like a story of the Holocaust that's told in the form of like mice and cats. And mm -hmm. It sounds dumb, but it's it was like a good book. I read it in middle school, but um, it has like nudity in it. But it's because it's a comic book, right? Like images are different than words on a page fundamentally, right? Like Shakespeare has like sexual content and inappropriate jokes and stuff, but they didn't like get naked on stage when they performed it. Do you know what I mean? Like yes. so imagery is different than words for one thing. That's thing one. So if you're relying on comic books to talk about adult topics like sexuality, then it's necessarily going to be more pornographic than like a book about sexuality. Right. Not that there aren't inappropriate books, like the book, this book is gay, that's describing right. like different types of sex and fisting and stuff, and scary things. But anyway, but it, it, so that's, that's point one, is that images are different than words, period, the end. Secondly, to claim that there's no way to tell the difference between like the huge, well-known, well-acknowledged classics of western literature and this like lesbian comic book about a broken home and that like they're both equally valid so we have to throw out shakespeare that depicts war if we like don't have the lesbian comic book in the school library right. like we can't teach shakespeare anymore guys there's violence and there's jokes about sex we can't teach the aeneid because there's there's violence we can't teach the iliad it's not possible Nope, can't be done. You, you know what? It, Chaucer it makes me, dirty jokes, with the can't teach it. With the exception of the tone that they have, these Board of Ed members from mm -hmm. Brookfield, Connecticut, their rationalizations that they go to are very to catch a predator. I mean, right. okay, so, sir, have a seat, please. 
You were just caught trying to meet up with a thirteen-year-old boy. Have a seat, please. No, 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 no. I was just—I just wanted to have a relationship. There was just a like, lot of context. Yeah, yeah. I was just no. I <laughs> wanted to. We we had communicated. I was not going to do anything sexual. You know, I have I, I have nieces myself. We were just going to um, communicate back and forth. We have some of the same interests. There's exactly it's backfilling context. It's crazy. This lady Rosa Fernandez. She's the best one. She's the vice chairman of the BOE. She's the best one because she just openly lets her disdain show. Right. Yeah, I'm going to show the kids the porn. F you people for asking. On a ballot, because we live in a representative democracy. And so that is how you vote. Why by us voting? These book challenges are born of a radically conservative political agenda that uses fear and conspiracies to accomplish their goals. I know this because after the last book challenge, I learned of a highly hypocritical, especially as a- All right, because she's a small brain. She knows that you're up to something. This is a Trump thing. So she found out about Moms for Liberty and then found out that they, you've, they've been creating lists and talking points, et cetera, like any other activist thing does. Her side's allowed to do activism all, all oh, over yeah. the place. Our side, if we have a kit to give out to our people, well, then ha ha, it's AstroTurf. But anyway, here's the high, before we get to the chat chat, here's the uh, crescendo of Rosa Fernandez. Within your own head, does your child have a personal... Hold on, let me get to this beginning. Just for a second, I want all parents here tonight to think, and just to themselves, be honest within your own head. Does your child have a personal device? And do you really monitor or restrict what your child reads and shares on social media or through text? If your answer was anything less than a resounding no to the first question or yes to the second question, then the hypocrisy can stop right here. So, among other things, these are the townspeople and taxpayers. They're allowed to be hypocrites if they want to be. They, well, right, this, also- this conversation is not what's going on in their homes. Thanks for checking with us, Rosa Fernandez. Mm-hmm. F off of what's happening in the homes. The homes are not the public place. The well, schools are the public place. Also, the idea that something bad could happen to your kids somewhere else, so I'm allowed to do something bad to them here myself? Yes. Because Other people... you, di- you didn't take steps to stop something bad happening to them somewhere else in a dark alley somewhere where I am not. So I'm allowed to show your kid porn. Some rando on the internet could be showing your kid porn and you didn't check enough to make sure that's not happening. So that means I'm allowed to show your kid yes. porn at school. And, now. and the question like, of whether, why does that follow the question of whether or not I'm other. going to show porn to your kids, of course I am, because I really want to. <laughs> and don't ask me why. Trump hater. Trump because lover. the honest fact of the matter is, is that on the whole, parents are not actually concerned with the age appropriateness or sexual nature of material their child has full unencumbered access to. Because if they uh, did. Yeah, I am. Is there anybody in the room with a gavel? <laughs> Can you imagine this? Can you imagine this? On the whole, they don't care. You're talking to the public right now. But they're so empowered. You don't usually. Isn't that like. By the way, I know they don't like being called groomers. There was some guy in these that you showed me when this was happening, like on Friday. And the guy was like, I'm getting really sick of being called a groomer. And it was like, then stop grooming people. (laughs) I don't know. But the whole implication, like, you don't even care about your kids. I'm the only one who really cares. And I want to show them porn. Like, that's exactly what the groomers do is they're like, your parents don't really care about you. But I shouldn't be seeing the whole world as context. We're we're not doing porn here. This is context. This is about a journey and you and me and a little bit of alcohol and some pictures. That's it. That's it. 
then I wouldn't see every high schooler out there glued to their screens. I wouldn't see a man proudly describing grabbing women by their genitals, elected president of the United States. And instead, I would see parents firing emails at us, demanding to ban the phones that force that kind of content into their faces, and not the books sitting on shelves in a library. There is no harassment here. And this isn't even an issue with the content of the book, because if it was, everyone here tonight would have to come face to face with their own hypocrisy. Everyone here tonight. Can you imagine that? Even if you're for the book being in school, she's just accusing you. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're showing your kid all this porn anyway. If these people... By the if, way... If these people... I don't even know. Does she get voted? We're uh, Board of Ed people. Yeah. Yeah. Generally, if do. she gets not back always, in there, usually, or is not, it still works there a month from yeah. now then you people deserve everything you get. Yeah. So I find that fascinating. And I think most of the people that have a problem with these books in schools also look at everything their kids look at online. Well, of course. I know we do. Yes. And we discussed it. We just had a big argument with our daughter about TikTok, by the way. And we look at everything she looks at and we look at everything she posts and we see all her stuff. And like, do you know what I mean? Like, obviously we do because we don't want her looking at porn either in school or on her phone at home. Even with context. (laughs) Even with context. Like Skinamax was all about context. Lady Lady Chattersley's lover was like Mm -hmm. all about, not the book version, the 80s versions were... were, (laughs) Got much to the point quicker. They skipped some, certainly, but it's just it's it's just remarkable. It, oh, by the way, we want to since we teased it briefly. Maybe we should do it in the chat chat be, or in the Patreon okay. part because we have to get to the chat chat and we're already at forty five minutes. Okay, um, where is that? Here we go. Um, so we are going to get to more stuff in the Patreon. I know I have more that I want to talk about as well. So if you want that, join the Patreon, patreon.com slash burn barrel. Otherwise, we're going to jump to the chat chat right here. Uh, By the way, we talked about this before when we were like setting up the stream and talking to the Patreon people. But uh, if you're ever looking for more content, too, you should uh, check out the All You Can Eat podcast. Yes, please do. We did one of those Friday and it was a great time. It was one of my favorites yet. So please do. It's a good palate cleanse, as a matter of fact, Alice. Yeah, mm-hmm. if you don't like thinking about too much podcast, you get it? You get politics, it? podcast. Double entendre, right? Mm-hmm. Palate cleanse, you get it? I get it because it's the All You Can Eat podcast. That's right. You need to cleanse your palate. Oh, Alice, I this get is important. It. This is a message from the President of the United States. Thank goodness. Joe Biden, my goodness. Tom, yeah. I heard you have a crush on Kamala Harris. <laughs> that is incorrect, uh, Mr. President. You do think she's hot. There's four. For a vice president, Compared for to a t- senator, <laughs> there is something about. It, I was more for when she was um, when she was in the Senate and she had like four or five lines that she needed to learn, <laughs> and she was like cold as ice with a blue steel look. But uh, Mr. President, that is not true. I did not have a crush on Kamala Harris. No way. I don't know if there's anybody in this administration I have a crush on. I don't think so. I'm, there's a there's a case to be made made for Saki being kind of cute at one point. Oh yeah, this is our son. I know what he wants. Our son. Remember, <laughs> it's funny because we closed out the last podcast right before the bubonic plague hit us, with our other son coming in here telling us he had to throw up. In which case, he then walked into our bedroom and threw up on our laundry. <laughs> I can't. I don't want to think about throw up anymore. Please, everything in our house. 
Are either of you fans of the band uh, The Lumineers? I have not heard of that. uh, This is my opinion. That any song that has a woman's name from them is is a hit. It's like they can't screw that up for some reason. Hmm. It's a woman's name song What's it's a hit with them i don't i, I don't, don't know any it. of their songs that but are a woman's name but a lot of women's like name songs are good. maybe three good albums well i mean obviously obviously the greatest song about a woman is a song about one of the most beautiful women of all time rosanna i don't know that i know that. rosanna arquette Absolutely, put, would put Sydney Sweeney to shame in her I'm days. I'm thinking of like Cecilia. No, 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 no. Don't, I like don't, that song don't dilute this. Rosanna we Arquette. Is weird. No, no, it's not about an actual woman, else. No, this but it's a good song. Rosanna Arquette. Rosanna. We're by talking Toto. about songs that are a woman's name. There's another one too. Um, uh, Lou Reed had. Dun, 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 dun. You guys know. They know. All uh, right. Rosanna Arquette. Oh my God, Alice. Look her up. Hey, Alice, it's Jack Nicholson. Can't oh, wow. wait to see my son again. Hey. Hope you're doing okay. Checks in the mail, honey. Oh, my goodness. Wait a second. Is that Peter Rabbit, Jack Nicholson's son? Uh, no comment. Because I knew you liked old guys. But I do that's... love Jack Nicholson. Yeah. Well, you know what? I'm good. I'm good with that. Jack Nicholson did, did have that situation going. Wait, I don't know that that's true. I, I retract that. Oh, maybe it is true. No, I think it is true. Hey, Tom and Alice, John and Greenwood here. Hey, John. It's the damnedest thing. I have been iced out of Twitter, I swear. I really? put a couple of truth bombs in the wrong order or something, and it is shut down. So anyway, I thought you would get a kick out of it if you took a peek at the smoldering remains. Um, yeah, that's all I have for now. So I did hear, too, they reinstated their dead naming policy, but Elon's saying it's like only because of a court ruling in Brazil and it's going to be reversed. But so, John, it's like a whole let thing. me... Alice did show me something that was happening to you today. And she was like, hey, look at this. Heads up. And and it's interesting. And I've also noticed that, um, you know, I sent all this, the Brookfield stuff to Chaya. Uh, what's her name? Chaya Rychik. Yeah. From Libs of TikTok. And she didn't, like, use any of the cuts I had. But she did find the rest of it and use all a bunch of other stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've noticed that when she posts that she um, blanks out, redacts a lot of words, like porno- pornographic, et cetera. And she's obviously doing that for a reason. She must have right. the, the like rule book that like stay away from these words or else you're going to get downlisted and, and whatever. So that's been interesting. So we'll look into that. That's interesting. But uh, yeah, maybe she'll... I did DM her. Will she get back to me or is she too big and cool? I think she's pretty big. Adam Sandler house. Wow. That's good. That's good. Justin. How's by you, Pop? What's your favorite? You know what that's from, Do you know what that's from? Is that the um, happy um, that thing? No, that's the um, Toll Booth Willie. I don't know. Who, I'll call the fish you in the fucking head. They're all the I'm same to me. Justin. Remember when I did the lunch lady song, Chris Farley? Oh, this, is, this is good stuff. Why that's have you great, been holding Justin. this back from us? I got to get going, make a movie with Adam, with me, and then David Spade, Rob Schneider. I get it. I absolutely, I say, here, here, that is marvelous. I didn't know you had it in you. 
Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Uh, like I said, if you're in Patreon, we're going to do more Patreon show right now. So don't go anywhere. We have more stuff to get to. We were off this week, so we like owe you guys some time here. We're going to be on the other side. That's patreon.com slash burn barrel. Of course, if you like listening for free, burnbarrelpodcast.com has links to all the different podcast apps, places to listen. I do hear you guys that we need to put up video versions. Tom and I are going to work on that today. We already discussed it. We're going to work on it together. So we'll see you soon. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.